Okay, Luce, welcome to the That's Good Sports podcast. Uh, I'm here with William Ith Keys, the first. Yep, oh, you got it. And I am Brandon Perna. This is a football podcast. Uh, today, we've got preseason football kicking off this week. And people are moderately excited across the United States of America with the Broncos and the Falcons playing in the Hall of Fame game Thursday, the first day of August. So we'll talk a little bit about um, the Broncos, kind of what we might be looking for in this game since both of these teams have to play an extra playoff or a playoff game. I hope so. An extra preseason game. Uh Basically, teams are just trying not to get any of their their players hurt, uh, mm-hmm. and then we'll, we we've got NFL news to update on. It's starting to happen fast. Well, I can barely keep up. Usually, usually at this point, it's bad news. It's a bunch of guys getting hurt yep. preseason. Um, but uh, we will Mostly do our bad best. News, yeah, yeah, we'll do our best to inform you so that you can go to the I don't know water cooler and. Say, oh, look at, you know what I learned on, on the That's Good Sports podcast? And then the person you're telling is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, and then you get like downvoted in real life. Yeah, and then the conversation ends. Oh, fuck you. And you just walk away. Yeah. And uh, then you, you lose your job as well, but that's for a different reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's just take a step back and appreciate that we've got football this Thursday, and it's going to carry us all the way until February. Right. Which is pretty daunting, um, considering that we have to make videos for an entire season. It's not even as daunting as you think, Will, because the XFL starts after the Super Bowl. And if we know anything, the AAF was hot last season on the That's Good Sports YouTube channel. So we are going all the way till April. April is when shit dies down. As far as I'm concerned, you might be gone by that time. It may never die down, honestly. You might have a, a real job somewhere, and I, awesome. I just give up. Yeah, a real job at the NFL Network. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and also, thank you to Lacroix for finally sponsoring the podcast. Finally. Right. After a year of tweeting at them, they paid you in one Lacroix. <laughs> yep. <laughs> One LaCroix. Have you had Spindrift? No. Oh, I think Spindrift is actually the best. All right. Well, you can take, well, we'll talk about this off the off record. You know why? Because they, they use real, real fruit to flavor their drinks. Sounds expensive. Uh, maybe, maybe some of us are just making so much YouTube money that we, yeah. We buy Spindrift instead of LaCroix. You know what's actually uh, pretty good is the Kirkland brand LaCroix. What, what is their brand? Is it just Kirkland? Yeah, it's just Kirkland sparkling water. Oh, it's pro- it probably is LaCroix. At Costco. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Costco does. They just buy it, other yeah. brands and bottle it as their own and sell it a little bit cheaper. Yeah, like Grey Goose. Right. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, we'll save that for when we go, you know, in depth in our uh, off-brand, off-store brand uh, podcast, which is coming up soon. Have you? Everybody's been asking for it. Do, does Lacroix do commercials? 
I haven't seen one, no. I've never seen a LaCroix. I follow them on Twitter, and they honestly don't have, like, a huge Twitter following. Just they straight. just – they're super popular without – Yeah, I mean, White Claw is really – taken over their mantle because before white claw became a thing i would just mix vodka and LaCroix, and now it's it's unnecessary they kind of man there i don't know the white claws and the trulies are uh they're a little too sweet for me to have like more than one they're not that sweet really i don't think they are to me will Okay. okay well you've got a bitter sensibility about you I prefer a vodka LaCroix over the the pre-mixed game. But supposedly the the hard seltzers, it's like the fastest growing uh, yeah. part of the alcohol market. Yeah, because these dumb idiots uh, think it's better to, to drink fewer calories when I just say that um, calories don't really count when you're drinking. And that's what I've con- convinced myself uh, since I started drinking, really. Yeah, that's why I switched to this just straight alcohol. If you drink just straight whiskey, you're cutting out a lot of the any of the carbs or sugar that you mix. And after a while, then that's all you want is just the hard stuff. Yeah, it's really the only thing that uh, puts a dent in your liver at that point. That's right. Gets you going. Uh, Speaking of whiskey... I didn't have an actual segue there. No segue. But we're talking about Pat Bowen, and he is – well, obviously we have the Hall of Fame induction ceremony a couple days after the Hall of Fame game, which is on Thursday. Hopefully you're listening to this before the game because we're going to sound really stupid. If not, uh, you got a finger in the air. What's up? Just uh, – it's going to be, you know, Pat Bowen and Champ Bailey going in. So I was just highlighting the, the oh, Champ yeah. Bailey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Good job. It's just – since the image is flipped, it's really hard to do. No, yeah, you did well. You did well. Yeah, so Pat Bowen is going in. He is posthumously receiving a gold jacket as well as a Hall of Fame ring. Uh, Champ Bailey will be very present there. I feel like Champ Bailey could probably step in and, and play like Nickelback for any team right now and do it pretty well, I think. Yeah, because he has them on his iPod. So I don't think Champ Bailey's ever heard a Nickelback song in his life. Oh, he's definitely heard it. You don't go through life without hearing a Nickelback song. That's a fact. Uh, yeah, so it, there was a big thing for a while on whether or not Pat Bowen was going to get his jacket and ring because apparently if you're dead and you get in, they don't, they don't give your family a, a jacket or ring or something. It was a weird, whole weird thing. Uh, but I guess earlier this month, Broncos found out that uh, he would get that. And I, I don't think there had been a situation where somebody had been inducted and then died before the ceremony, right? So what happens? Like, do they – should they, like, put it on his statue permanently? Outside the much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just watch the weather beat it to shit over the years. I mean, yeah, well – We'll figure that out later. We have the technology to make sure that doesn't happen. I'm assuming it would be in a glass case somewhere, but sure, why not? Who knows? Uh, it seems like a weird thing to even have to like think about. Yeah, do they like go to the? <laughs> do they go to the trouble of like actually, like making it to the right dimensions, <laughs> or do they just like hand them like a stock cut of a gold jacket? Go. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's, a few people have asked, like, if I'm going down to the, the Hall of Fame induction. And uh, when TD got in, I looked into it. And yeah. I just, like, I couldn't justify spending all of that travel money to go to Canton. You know what I mean? Like, Right. If you're going to go on vacation, yeah, like, I'm not spending the money to go to Ohio for a trip. Yeah, and it's... As much as in as August, cool. it's going to be hot and muggy there. Probably yeah. that's, there's so many events and everything and you got to pay to like try to get into all of those. Uh, so the answer is no, I will watch it on TV and uh, based on people's interest, like I think people only care about the hall of fame really the day it happens like making videos about Broncos who are, who like made it in. Nobody even really gave a shit that <laughs> at least it felt like in terms of watching, like I think it's one of those things where you go, Oh yeah, they made it in. I don't need to see any more information about why or, you know, the hall of fame or the other P if like you're just a fan of a certain team, you don't really give a shit about the other guys who got in who aren't on the team you root for. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'd be curious to see like what the Hall of Fame TV rating numbers are. It's got to be like one of the lower rated NFL events. I feel like. Uh, I'm sure. Higher than the Pro Bowl, but maybe the second lowest like NFL event every year. But I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the game gets like exponentially better ratings, but I'm sure the Hall of Fame induction ceremony outdraws any baseball game that's on Saturday night by millions of viewers and the hall of fame games like the worst preseason game of all the preseason games yeah. every year but here's the it's thing the is like we've one. gone without a professional football game since the super bowl and people will take anything at this point yeah it's probably like you know if you did if you had a cocaine addiction and then you kicked it and then like someone offers you a little six a little, months later yeah. You know, instead of doing, I don't know, cocaine, you're able to have like a, a half a truly and take yeah. uh, 10 ibuprofen or something. Right. Yeah. Because everybody knows that that's roughly equivalent to, to one cocaine. Right. No, no. Mm -hmm. It's like you, you get to, no, you get a cold and you get to do a couple of shots of like uh, Robitussin or something. Yeah. Here's what they should do is, because, like, there's so many games now that just get buried in the 10 a.m. or 11 for you guys time slot, like the morning time slot that we never really see because they're, you know, I'm talking about, like, I don't know. This is kind of the tropey matchup to bring up, and but it's still going to get buried. Like, Jaguars-Titans on, like, 10 a.m. No one really watches it outside of their own fans. Why don't you just take that game? Let's assume they're both not going to the playoffs. Take that game and play it in May. <laughs> and just give us, like, the, that one thing to look forward to. You just get – you get uh, – Yeah. Jags, Titans, their, their <laughs> week one game essentially is in May. Yeah, no, take – basically take, like, the first two teams that have been eliminated from the playoffs and are playing each other. Take that game and put it in the middle of the off season. Oh, so any week 17 games say that don't matter. Yeah. 
Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. I thought you, what you could do for a, a May football game or two is uh, you hold – and I was thinking about this when they were talk, like, talking about the 18-game schedule. And if you were to just like cut the preseason down, mm-hmm. you could do two May football games or even just one foot May football game for every team. But teams are only allowed to play their rookies and first or second year players. So oh, that's interesting. You get to work your rookies yeah. and young players in May. It's like, yeah, it's like the NBA Summer League. Right. But I think it's probably a stupid idea. But when I was just trying to think of ways yeah. to make like an 18 game schedule work and cut preseason, but also have the NFL make more money. I was like, well, after the draft, people are kind of familiar with the rookies on their teams and all the undrafted free agents. And you might be able to, as a team, to evaluate guys kind of like in that live action would probably be very beneficial in terms of how you shape your roster. And then you have time after you see guys play to continue to shape your roster before preseason. But uh, anyway, that's not going to happen. So I don't know why we're talking about it. What I do probably, wanna- yeah, a million reasons why it can't happen, but I like the idea. What I wanted to ask you okay. is a piece of trivia, Will. Yeah. You can guess this guy because it's kind of surprising, but it, it makes sense once, once you hear it. Which quarterback has thrown for more than 4,000 yards in each of the last eight seasons? And he's the only quarterback to do it. Okay. Um, I did not look this up, by the way, but I think I know who it is. Matthew Stafford. Oh, you almost got it. Ah, halfway I right. almost get it. It's Matt Ryan. Uh, that was my second guess. Yeah, I saw that. It was on the NFL Reddit page, which I was allowed to post a video to yesterday and found <laughs> out the hard way. <laughs> Don't have the same love uh, on the NFL Reddit as I do on YouTube. But uh, I, saw oh, that, I saw that stat there and uh, – it makes sense. Like you forget how consistent I think Matt Ryan is. And even when I was looking at his stats from last year, because uh, we're working like on 38 and five, or maybe not 38, but he only threw five picks. What, like 30 touchdowns, 35 TDs, seven interceptions last season. Oh yeah. 108 QB rating and the Falcons had a losing fucking record. Right. I mean, to be fair, everybody on his team got hurt. Julio oh, Jones yeah, that's the thing. scored a touchdown for the first half of the season. But, like, almost identical stats in 2016. Right, when he won the MVP. <laughs> MVP and the Falcons went to uh, – is that when they went to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, 2016. So, 38 TDs, 7 picks, 4,944 yards. Um and now, yeah, now Baker Mayfield and, Jer- and Jared Goff have higher Madden ratings than Matt Ryan, which tells you all you need to know about Madden. Shit. Fucking cat, sorry. <laughs> what are you doing? Bring her on, bring her on the show. We need a guest. Or him. I'm not going to misgender your cat. It's a girl. They're both okay. women. That was right. Anyway, Matt Ryan, Mr. Yeah. Consistent. Speaking of people that are consistent, here's a guy that's not very consistent but still fun to watch, (laughs) Ryan Fitzpatrick. Apparently, he is the clear leader at quarterback in Miami. A little bit surprising, 
Um, it's kind of got to be a little bit of a blow to, to Josh Rosen's confidence, you know, being the starter all year in Arizona and then getting traded to a place where he's, you know, supposedly going to get a chance and he's going to go back to the bench, it seems like, for at least the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Brian Flores kind of made a point to, I don't know, tout Ryan Fitzpatrick today. I don't know if that's like motivation tactics or if he just really feels like Fitzpatrick's that much better than Josh Rosen. Uh, and we all know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is as a quarterback. Yeah, he's, he's going to have great and he's going to be terrible. And sometimes he's going to be both at the exact same time. It's mm -hmm. why we love watching him play. Yep. Uh, but the, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Like he's been in the league forever. He knows what he's doing. He's not, he doesn't give a fuck who's trying to take his job because no, He's taken everybody's job, and he's had his job taken away from him by basically everybody. He's basically cursed every starting quarterback uh, yeah. that he's come in to back up. He's exactly the kind of quarterback I probably would have been if I had yeah. skills to make it to the NFL. Well, I mean, you do have the skills to make it to the NFL. It's just, you know, if your mom had let you play tackle football in high school. No, she did. <laughs> if my mom had better genetics, I would, I would have had a shot. Instead, I my sounds growth, like an excuse. My growth got stunted by sounds by like an excuse. DNA. I, Kyler Murray's the same height as you, and he's he was the first pick. He's actually he's two inches taller than me. So uh, that, yeah, sure, okay. I could probably beat him in a forty, though. Yeah, probably. I'm not gonna say oh, what okay, kind of forty, so but there's some big news though coming out of Chiefs camp. Not no, as big not. as we thought. It's still kind of interesting. So stupid. That's the reaction to it. Uh, so Tyreek Hill got carted off of the field with a leg injury. Didn't know what it was. Turns out it's a bruised quad. Um, but obviously, I don't think we've ever been in a situation where a guy got injured and it was okay pretty much to be happy about it. <laughs> yeah, man, people are – People are pretty divided on Tyreek Hill. And by divided, I mean people and Chiefs fans. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, hold on, Tyreek. Yeah, well, yeah, Ty well, no, no, you're right. <laughs> you know what's weird is, like, I guess I'm not as cynical as everyone. Like, when I hear Tyreek Hill talk, like, I buy into the lies. Like, I'm like, he sounds like he's – he sounds like he kind of maybe got screwed. And then, like, I step back and look at it, but just there's just too much shit here. Like, I'm the type of person, if somebody tells me they didn't do it, like when Taylor Lewan posted his video saying, you know, he got busted yeah, for peas, he didn't do anything. I just believe him. Every time, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's – he didn't do it. He didn't do it. And, like, Tyreek Hill thing, this – that whole investigation got so fucked up from so many different areas – and I think what I learned is I think both Hill and his ex-fiance or whatever, they both just seem like shitty people. Like, and I don't think it, either one of them shitty parents sound shitty like they're good parents. parents. Yeah. It's, it's sad that there's a, a kid involved and people ask me to do a video about it, but it just, every time I tried to start writing something, it just, it's, there's no good, there's not a good way to try to be funny about it. No, uh, and not really. I don't want to force that for such like a, a serious thing. Except for that one tweet I had. 
during the draft. <laughs> no, I didn't say you can. That I deleted. But it's like, I don't know. Hard to be funny, like, over a long-term period about this. But do you get my point? Like, I believe, I believe people too easily is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're very easily swayed. I've used that to my advantage a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't wish injury upon Tyreek Hill. I, I just wish for him to, you know, uh, for the justice system to do what's right. Yeah. And that's fair. Yeah. An injury is not like that doesn't like that's not karma. Really karma would be like getting punished fairly for whatever he's done. Right. And I mean, like, I think he's a good, I think Tyreek Hill's a good liar. I'll leave it at that. Yes. Uh, I yeah. think his fiance's a good manipulative or his ex, whoever. I think she was a good liar as well. Yeah. I think we're going to agree. They both suck. Yeah. And there's a lot going on there to unpack probably, but, um, but I don't know the details on their relationship. No. All I can say is chiefs fans have been fucking unsufferable. Uh, they've really been shitty people on Twitter and Reddit. And probably in person, too, you know, cheering Tyreek Hill, especially loud when he came out for training camp. Um, it'd be kind of like if <laughs> – it's not quite the same. But uh, imagine if, like, OJ killed his wife while he was still on the Bills and then got off and then went <laughs> back and started playing again. And Bills fans were just like, well, he did nothing wrong. Did you did you look at the actual investigation that was happening here in Kansas City? Did you read between the lines? To, it's it's really yeah. incredible how many Chiefs fans have law degrees. Uh, I have a law degree. Yeah, I mean, I mean, most of us do. We just, They're I, we just, actually just, very easy to get. We don't practice law anymore. Well, that's the thing. It's like we're we're never going to get clarity on what actually happened. What I don't understand is how people think clarity has been established. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I guess that's what the part that doesn't make sense to me is like, I listened to all the the bullshit, the tapes. Uh, I, I read a lot of articles about it and there's never one thing that I saw that made me go, Oh yeah, this definitely clears him or something else that goes, this is outside of him pleading guilty to the 2014 thing. Uh, he can deny that later, whatever, but like, it's, we're never going to know the truth. And I think we just, nobody who didn't like do that would plead guilty. Well, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> I don't, that's the one thing I, I don't understand. Like, no, that, I, that happens, of- that happens a lot in the criminal justice system. People take deal, plea deals because the punishment is far less severe if they just plead, plead guilty. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe. I'm not saying one way or the other what it means for Tyreek Hill, but I'm saying, like, I've listened to enough true crime podcasts. Yeah, usually they get manipulated is what I'm saying. But, yeah, it's – I don't know. It's it's okay. a fucked up situation. And I don't think, like, gloating about <laughs> – gloating about it is a, an appropriate way to go because – For Chiefs fans? Yeah. It's just weird. Anyway yeah. – I didn't even want to talk about that, really. Uh, what I wanted to say was how the NFL Network keeps playing him getting carted off field while they know that the injury is no longer serious. 
Yeah, they're just they're. It's like giving, it's a bruise. It's they're a, giving us blue balls at this point. Basically, Tyreek Hill, Garrett Bold, Boldum. Yeah, yeah. Started crying and like, oh god, <laughs> my season's over. All right, see you guys week three. <laughs> and apparently, Garrett Bowles is impressing Vic Fangio enough where he's saying he is the incumbent starter and. I fucking hope so. He's like, somebody, he's like 30 years old, and he's been the starting left tackle for the last two years. Somebody replacing him would be – impressive, like, just keeping his starting job. Knocking out a, a heavyweight ch- champ or something is what he said. Awesome. Uh, yeah, would you no, trade he, Garrett he Bowles for well. – You should make a Pro Bowl at this point. Would you trade Garrett Bowles for Trent Brown? Or Trent, Trent Brown or Trent, Trent Williams? Trent Williams, the, the tackle. Yes. Trent Williams is way better. And he's only 31. How old is he? Yeah, they're Garrett roughly Bowles? the same age. Let me see. Let me get an exact age on Garrett Bowles. 40. 27. Okay. Yeah, and this is his third year. Third year. Mm-hmm. Uh, his third year. So, let's see here. Which, like, there's nothing wrong with that, but, like, there's something wrong with spending a first-rounder on a 25-year-old, in my opinion. Yeah, we could digress about that pick, Will. We will. We will. It's neither the time or place. A football podcast is yeah. not the time <laughs> How dare we? to talk about actual football things. Instead, yeah, instead we're going to talk we're going to go into deep detail on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I didn't see it. I didn't see it, Damn Will. It. You, are you I know you're going to, right? Yeah, I wanted to. Okay. It's just all the good seats were taken. So, like, my wife and I were like, yeah, well. Yeah, you got to do that ahead of time. That's what I did. Yeah, we're not planners. Uh, okay, let's talk about let's talk about the Giants receiver. We yeah, already, let's talk about already it. did, but right now it's interesting because both Benny Fowler and Cody Latimer are on the Giants roster. The right. Giants released their first depth chart. And even though he was more productive last season for the Giants, Benny Fowler wasn't even listed on the third team for the depth chart. Latimer's listed with the first team right now because uh, Sterling Shepard's hurt. Golden Tate will be suspended. So they're probably trying to get reps with him. And yep. surprisingly, Cody Latimer's two years younger than Benny Fowler, which was news to me because Latimer's been in the, the, the league a year longer than him. But yeah, say he's been they, playing forever. He's been, he got yeah. drafted in 2014. Yeah, he got drafted when Peyton Manning was still healthy. Um, yeah. If you were, had to pick a guy, assume, assuming you didn't know Fowler's might not even make the team right now, like which guy do you think would be a better receiver for the Giants if they were both playing full-time? Well, yeah, that's the thing is because Latimer's always been really consistent on special teams too, so he adds that. Mm dimension i forgot about that pretty decent special teams player too like the way he got hurt in 2016 at the start of the season is he like hurt his hurt himself blocking a punt in the preseason uh so they're both both pretty good but i think latimer's a really good gunner on punt team and he can return kicks for you so i think he's a better all-around player and he always like it's weird because he has these really impressive flashes as a wide receiver and just never quite puts it all together. Like that game against the Colts uh, in 2017. And then he had a really nice one-handed touchdown, I think in week 17 last year for the giants. So he has like all these moments, but never quite, you know, gets over the hump. 
for well, he's the always, entire season. He's always been like a an athletic freak. Like yeah, incredibly gifted. He's got the size. He's like he's six four. Yeah, it's not like lack of effort. Like because clearly, like he he goes hard on special teams too. Like it's not like oh, I'm a second rounder. I shouldn't have to do this. Like he accepts his role pretty well. Yeah, but it, I mean his. His biggest season was 19 catches with the Broncos. He had 11 catches last year with the Giants. Yeah. Um, Fowler had 16. They each had a touchdown and about the same amount of yards at like 190-ish. But maybe this is Cody's first real chance to prove he can play in the NFL, you know, for a while as like a number two receiver on a team. I think he's just got to go like wherever Brock Osweiler goes. And just be his <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, be his, like, personal, like <laughs> – I like the Brandon Stokely to Peyton Manning. Right. It's <laughs> Osweiler and Latimer. But yeah. in terms of, like, if he hasn't made it by now, what are his chances of, of Probably doing Probably very high. I, Although, I mean, he's only 26, really, but – That's the thing. He's young. And he's played with pretty shitty quarterbacks. And in bad situations. I'm rooting for him. Like my whole point of wanting to talk about these guys is I thought Fowler was decent and then they Mm -hmm. both had chances to kind of prove themselves and Fowler, like every other Broncos receiver that year suffered from dropping the balls at terrible times. Right. Latimer just never got mixed in with the, the offense, like on a consistent basis. And you know, whether that's neither of them really, um, they shouldn't be anything more than a fourth wide receiver if you're trying to put together a good team. Yeah, from what they've proven. They're decent complimentary players that'll, like, come through every once in a while. But, yeah, they shouldn't be in your top three in your receiver core or something's, like, terribly wrong, which there definitely is with the Giants. Yeah. (laughs) So. The Giants. But we're not expecting them to. Running out of receivers. And it's just so silly that – They've got all these receiver problems after trading, you know, one of the top five best receivers in the league for I still like I still don't like disagree with the logic for trading Odell Beckham because you don't like the highest paid player on your team shouldn't be a wide receiver. I disagree with paying him in the first place. Like they should have just traded him before then if they're gonna do that. I disagree with your logic of disagreement. Fair, fair enough. Agree to disagreement. Uh, okay, speaking of wide receivers getting hurt, A.J. Green, he got – they did the surgery on his ankle. They called it uh, clean-up surgery, which I don't know how you're just cleaning up torn ligaments. Like, maybe they're, they're probably just partially torn. You put a vacuum in there and just suck it out. They're prob- they probably do use a vacuum. There's probably like uh, you know, one of those little suction tubes and there's just debris yeah. or some shit around there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He's out six to eight weeks, which means he could be back as early as week one is what they're saying, but maybe week four, worst case scenario. So, like, I don't know. Do you expect to contend this year for the Bengals? Fuck no. Probably not. I don't expect that any year for the Bengals anymore. Yeah, but that's exactly when the Bengals surprise you is when you expect nothing from them. Maybe. They're just a weird team that I never – I never think too much about the Bengals. You know what I mean? And we don't know anything about Zach Taylor. He could be a terrible coach, and he could be, like, a really good coach. Yeah, there's a lot of unknowns there. Yeah. Uh, 
But if I'm AJ Green, because it sounds like he wants to try to be back week one, I think that's the thing you say as a player. Like, yeah, I'm trying to – don't. Just let let yeah, those – You're going to try to be back week one, but it doesn't mean you should or you're going to. Yeah, it's, it's not – like bones, you can tell when they're, they're healed and ready to go. The ligaments, let, let them overheal before you come back. Probably. Uh, Probably best. So hey. if you're looking at fantasy, assuming Green will be out, a couple weeks, Tyler Boyd is probably a really great option early. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I mean, probably not going to happen, but maybe John Ross does something finally. He's just so fast. He is so fast. And that, that's the only thing that matters as a receiver in the NFL. As the Raiders taught us for so many years, um, as the draft tells us every year, the receivers you can run the fastest are always the best players. They're always the best. Yeah. Darius uh, Bay. <laughs> what do you what do you think the the Chiefs do since they basically drafted Tyree Kill's replacement in McCole Hardman, right? Yeah. Like they're similar guys. Do you think Hardman will see a decent amount of playing time. Do you try to use both of those guys on the field at the same time? That seems smart. Yeah, probably. But if we're talking about guys who are just going to be looked at as being good because they're super fast, that kind of falls in that. Like, I mean, we yeah, we don't know if he's good yet, uh, but I'm sure Andy Reid will find a way to use him because he's uh, really good at doing that kind of stuff. That's so. true. You got it, it makes all the difference in the world when you have a, a good coach offensive-minded yeah. coach or offensive coordinator with a, a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. It uh, really a problem the Raiders have had with all of their fast receivers. The only thing stopping the Chiefs this year, especially if Tyree kills on the field all season, the is really like Andy Reid spilling so much barbecue sauce on the play card that he, he doesn't know what plays he's calling. I think that's a recycled joke, Will. Not that ex- not that exact one. I mean, recycle not just from your own brain. I'm not saying Probably. you stole it. I'm saying. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that one before. Okay, well, I'll, I'll revise it I, and, uh, you know, send in a new draft later. I was like, I always feel <laughs> bad about making fun of Andy Reid because he seems like a nice guy and he doesn't deserve, yeah. like, the cheap shots. Well, but he pokes fun happens. at himself. Like, he, he made that yeah, he Chili Rieno comment. Like, would you do this offseason? And he said he attacked Chili Rienos. Uh, you could also just lose a hundred pounds by, you know, mixing in a salad every once in a while. That's assuming you know everything about his health history, Will, and that is. I mean, I've heard a lot of stories. Like he doesn't earn that reputation out from nothing. <laughs> he when uh, he ate dinner one time with Jeffrey Lurie when he was with the Eagles, and he ordered two full steaks. He's like, one is not enough. <laughs> I impressive. must have another. That's impressive. Yeah. I think as a head coach, like, that job is so stressful. And maybe Reed's done it so long it doesn't really stress him out. But I feel like high-stress job like that and not being in good shape is, like, a recipe for an early death. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Arians was talking about how he might die on the sideline. <laughs> but I think Andy Reed is candidate one right now. He is uh, – the leader in the clubhouse for potential sideline deaths. That maybe that's true. I thought that your Andy Reid or the uh, Bruce Arians joke was the best one. What was it? Where Bruce Arians said 
if I die on the sideline, celebrate, have a beer. And he said, because that way we could say Bruce Arians died doing what he loved, having cardiac arrest. <laughs> it's a solid joke. Yeah, that's right. That was a good joke that I made. It's actually okay. a solid joke. joke. All right. <clears throat> let's talk about – let's finish up with the Broncos. Yeah, that's There's what everybody's here for. Kind of a lot. Mostly. Of little news. Uh, made a video about Theo Riddick visiting yeah. the Broncos. I don't think I did a good job of giving Riddick enough credit for being being a decent running back. Uh, I think I just like – I don't think the Broncos need him, so that's why the the look to me doesn't seem fully sincere, and he left without a deal. But uh, – and the reason I think the Saints and the Broncos looked at him is coaching ties – to uh, the Lions. The Saints running back coach, I think, was his running back coach or something. And there's a similar coach on the Broncos staff. I should have looked up who the guys were. But there's coaches who have worked with him who probably speak highly of Theo Riddick. If the Broncos do sign him, I think it's a positive addition for the offense. But there's, a, there's six running backs on the depth chart right, right. now. You with, don't need to spend that much on a running back. Right, with three guys that you already trust in yeah. – Lindsey Freeman and even Booker as your third down backer, you know, however you want to do it. I think you could upgrade on third down backs from Booker to someone else, which kind of led me to like, if you're going to spend money on theoretic, would you rather do that? Or would you rather trade for Duke Johnson? Who's been on the trading block for a little while now. I think well, that's the thing is, like, how much are you going to use that guy? Right. Because you've already, like, Philip Lindsay's uh, a 1,000-yard back. And then, you know, Royce Freeman's a, uh, a really, really quality number two running back. He's going to get a ton of looks. And then, like, how much is left over for the third running back even? Because Devontae Booker didn't really play a lot last year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he didn't play a lot. And he had more receiving yards, I believe, than, than Theo Riddick and Philip Lindsay even. Uh, and I think that's why where it gets kind of interesting because we don't know how much Philip Lindsay will actually be used in the passing game. And I think – Ideally, he should be used a little bit at least. He should be used more. But he's also returning from a wrist injury, which is a mild concern for catching right. passes, I guess. Yeah. But, like, there's – right now, we are so close to actually seeing some football – not really even – I don't even count this week, but after the first preseason game, I think we'll have a, a better read. There's just so much we don't know about the team yet. Scangarello's oh, yeah, a new offensive coordinator. Very little. He's been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. There's a new head coach, a new quarterback. Uh, we, like, it's hard to project anything without knowing – having any idea how this offense is actually going to come together. You think you, think you know because – Scangarello coached under Shanahan, so he's going to run the similar Kubiak-Shanahan-type offense, but we don't fucking know how, how that's actually going to play out at this point. Andy Janovich could be the leading receiver on this team, for all we know. He will be. Probably will. So it's a lot of conjecture. I would, I would, I would go as far as to bet on it. On bet the – no, I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't have any ads. <laughs> we have no sponsors right now. Yeah. Uh, I keep getting emails every week. Oh yeah, but we're just holding out. We're making, we're you know, we don't sell ads for less than 
100 grand a pop. 100 grand a pop. I like where your head's at. Okay, so with this Hall of Fame game, we did no research on the Falcons. The only thing I know is Julio Jones not playing for the preseason. Yep. Just smart because – Can't assume Matt Ryan's going to play either. Uh, yeah, he's gonna. Julio Jones is gonna get like 170 balls thrown his way this season. He needs all the rest he can get. Yeah, he's not playing in the preseason at all. Yeah, no, none. Uh, if I was Julio, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't but, play in the first two games, honestly. What we do know is Kevin Hogan's gonna start for the Broncos in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, and we briefly touched on the fact that why? Yeah, it's like this seems unnecessary. Like, what are we trying to prove here? I Rippins already got a guarantee. Like part of his contract was they guaranteed him a spot on the practice squad at least. So, you know, he's sticking around uh, drew Locke, Ideally like, yeah, he should be the number two quarterback starting the season. What is the point of this? Like, what are we trying to prove? Kevin Hogan's probably not going to be around. Uh, are we just trying to like temper drew Locke's, uh, like whatever I don't know Expect- expectation yeah it's I don't know it just and it's not even a knock on Kevin Hogan no it just doesn't seem like it makes any sense for him to be taking away reps you could be giving to two young promising guys that like if Joe Flacco goes down just put in lock yeah your decision's made for you you don't have to worry about whether he's ready it's like Fuck it. This oh, we're is not yet. Yeah, I'm not handing the ball to Kevin Hogan like week two if you know Joe yeah. Flacco turns an ankle or something. Flacco gets hurt. Are you bridging with Kevin oh, Hogan no. to? Yeah, Kevin Hogan's our our new court, Kurt Warner is taking us to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and maybe Kevin Hogan's really good, but yeah, I don't think, <laughs> like everything you. It's he was good in college. He was good in college, but he also mostly checked down to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, I guess the Hall of Fame game, you kind of want to give reps to players you don't want on the team because you really just want to save all of the players you do want from getting injured. Yeah. And it's not saying just use Kevin Hogan so he gets hurt. Right. We'll just assume, like, well, if he's still starting for – or if he's still ahead of Locke for week one in the preseason, then I think we can be mildly annoyed. Yeah, because then you, you, risk, you risk losing Brett Rippon, right? Yeah. Because he's got to clear waivers before they can put him on the practice squad. So it just seems to make too much sense. Keep Joe Flacco. Let Kevin Hogan go. And right. then keep both young quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, and he should be all right. I mean, you could make an argument they should just be starting Locke anyways. But – I mean, That's you can debate that. Hey, Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah. In the first place. <clears throat> um, so, guys that didn't practice today, Ron Leary, Jake Butt, probably won't be practicing for a bit. Todd Davis, still with that calf injury. Deshaun Hamils- Hamilton. Broncos receivers kind of been banged up off and on through training camp. Uh, Jake Rogers, whoever that is. Bug Howard, tight end. Cool name. Uh, yep. whatever that is, and Bryce Callahan, uh, some foot injury. None, none of them are serious. But if those guys aren't practicing – Probably not going to play. Probably not going to play uh, this week. With that said, which who, who are some of the guys you're kind of looking forward to seeing, as meaningless as this game is? 
Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it is me. It is entirely meaningless. But you, there's always like some, you know, there's always going to be like one person that kind of emerges from the fog in the preseason and becomes like a a thing. And last year, obviously, it was Philip Lindsay, and we could all tell like he was immensely talented when we watched him in the preseason. Um, so I'm going to be looking forward to seeing. Uh, I got three names for you. Two of them are wide receivers. All right. Trinity Benson, first of all, who's been uh, one of the, you know, big surprises so far of training camp. Got some time with the ones, which is a really, you know, cool thing to happen as an undrafted wide receiver in your first training camp. Uh, that means you're impressing a lot of people. I watched his college that? highlights. Uh, he's like a, he's from like a college called like East Central University. <laughs> which I love how they don't even put like a city or a state in the name of the yeah. university. It's just East central. I'm uh, East central West university on the South side of town. It sounds like one of those made up colleges from the key and peel. Yeah, exactly. Sketch. Yeah. The East West bowl. Yeah, Trinity Benson, East central university. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing him to seeing like uh, if he can, you know, replicate his training camp performance, uh, in an actual game. Looking forward to seeing Brendan Langley. How oh, yeah, he looks yeah. as a wide receiver. That's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, it sounds like the coaches have been high on him as a yeah. wide receiver. Uh, so, if you find <laughs> – kind of crazy when you just switch a guy from one position to another. Yeah. But it's it not like out, he's a drafted guy either. He's a third-round pick. Yeah. If it works out, that's great. Hopefully. Uh, and then my third guy is uh, – Wait, but before you go on, don't you think like you should – if you're a coach and you take a college player who you thought would be a good corner in the NFL and it turns out they're just not a great corner, mm-hmm. shouldn't you always just try to move them to wide receiver? Since like being a so. receiver is easier than being a corner, assuming like they can catch the ball. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like, think most people try to be wide receivers before they move to cornerback in the first place and it just turns right. out that they're – not good enough to play wide receiver because they can't catch or whatever. But then it's like if you spent the last three years in college playing corner, running backwards, not knowing, you know, exactly what route guys will be running, maybe you've trained your body to just be a really good receiver. Possibly. All the NFL's best receivers right now are – I can't imagine switching positions, like, at the highest level of a sport. And not it's not like he's moving from corner to safety. He is moving to the opposite side of the ball. It's yeah. like it's like Rick and Keel from the Cardinals moving from pitcher to outfielder in the majors. That yeah, that reference really makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, people who listen will will know what I'm talking about. It was just this, it was this pitcher for the Cardinals back in the mid 2000s who basically like just got the yips and like could not even get a pitch across the strike zone anymore. Like he just kept throwing it to the backstop. Like he legitimately like lost his ability to throw a strike completely like it just couldn't even get close that's that that's also how i would envision myself as a pro athlete yeah probably all of a sudden just one day forgetting how to in the first place (laughs) yeah um and yeah he just uh switched to like catcher left or right field and became like a really really solid offensive player and defensive like just a really solid outfielder for a while 
Yeah, but in fairness, I feel like it's pretty easy to be an outfielder if you can catch. It's really not. It's really not. I could play outfield in the MLB. Yeah, probably. As long as I didn't have to throw the ball all the way back. I'm yeah, just say cut off man every time. Yeah, give me, give me an extra cut off guy. Yeah, maybe two cutoffs possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah, was, uh, and the last guy I'm looking forward to seeing is uh, Malik Reed the outside linebacker and not just because I had a class with him in college. Right. 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 Uh, because it sounds like he's doing pretty well. And, um, I hope he makes the team or at least the practice squad. So that'd be cool. Are they, uh, let's see here. Malik Reed. He's outside. Is, is they playing Justin Hollins at outside linebacker? Yeah. Okay. I'm just pulling up the depth depth chart again. Who are you uh, looking forward to seeing, Brandon? Oh yeah. So Justin Hollins is behind Bradley Chubb and then Oh yeah, I mean they got Dakota Watson behind Von Miller right now. I keep forgetting Dakota Watson's back. Yeah, what the fuck when I I don't yeah, remember so, that happened. I just know that it did at some point. Um, did they, yeah, they paid him. Um, yeah. <clears throat> he was also solid on special teams as well. Okay, look at – I'm looking forward to – since Todd Davis is out, uh, Alexander Johnson's going to get, I think, Todd Davis's reps. Yep. And he's a guy the Broncos grabbed last year after his court case was – dismissed or he was acquitted or whatever um but i think any of the linebackers with vic fangio you have to be interested in watching so i'm kind of it kind of sucks that todd davis got his calf injury because i think getting the reps in the defense with fangio would benefit davis and I'm excited to see what Todd Davis can do with a guy who's a linebacker guru. But Johnson is is one guy I'll be watching this preseason. I think Isaac Yadam, in his second year, um, he sh- should be very interesting to watch. Yeah. He uh, really came on uh, at the end of last season. And just as a reminder to people, because he wore number 41 last season, he switched to number 26. So – He's going to look like uh, skinny Darren, Stu- Darian Stewart out there. Yeah. So if you are like, who is that guy? That's actually Isaac Yadam from last year. Yeah. Isaac Yadam's like skinny guy ripped. He is, which is a good thing to be as a corner. Right. And they have Jeff Hireman listed as the number one tight end with Noah Fant at number two. I think they're going to be like 1A and 1B. Right. But I'm assuming like. And they'll probably play like at the same time fairly often. Yeah, so I'm interested just to see Noah Fant because he was their, their first pick. Uh, I don't know how many snaps he's or reps he's going to get. And Sua Cravens uh, should yeah. have a bigger role in the Broncos' defense this year. Sounds like he's been performing pretty well too. Yeah, and he's – has he been on this team? Like, my God. Did, did we get him in 2017? No, they just they grabbed him last year. Are you sure? Last season. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, I think the whole secondary is kind of fascinating. It is. It is. 
Kareem Jack. I, I doubt Kareem Jackson will play. Right. Uh, definitely won't play. Yeah, I don't want to see any of the starting secondary play. Uh, And the the defensive front, I feel, is pretty set. We know those guys, Gosses, Harris, Wolf, and then, uh, oh, yeah, Draymond Jones. He'll be interesting to watch, too. Yep. But he should get a lot of snaps this season. Demarcus Walker is a guy I continue to forget on the team because – I mean, he's like he's really getting. Uh, I think they're going to play him at his natural position this year, and I think that's really going to help. Yeah, he's getting like it feels like surprises people. The first fair look as a player. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he's any good, but we'll they find drafted out. him in the second round out of Florida State, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that draft <laughs> was not looking good in hindsight. But if Brendan Langley just becomes like an All-Pro wide receiver. Right. And Marcus Walker has 10 sacks this year. And they re-sign Isaiah McKenzie, and he takes, like, I don't know, three kicks to the house. Then we're talking. Then we're talking. And was Chad Kelly. Was, was that Bowles or Paxton Lynch here? That was Bowles. Okay. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, yeah, those are the guys we're looking forward to seeing. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I think I'm going to DVR the game. and. Oh, commercials. Connor McGovern at center. Oh, right. Yeah, we have to see if he can do a shotgun snap. That's just like the uh, – that's the one move this offseason. This is an important year for him to maintain his status as the best Connor McGovern in the NFL. Yeah, because it's the first year he's been challenged for that title as well. Yeah. This could be – that would be embarrassing to not even be the best player named Connor McGovern. When your name is Connor McGovern. Right. Does the other guy play offensive line too? Yeah. He's a guard. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I didn't think McGovern was great at center last year. So that is going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, they put Dalton Reisner at center. Yeah. Or, I mean, Sam Jones played center too, I believe. Yeah. And I guess we – I've never really been more confident about a pick than Dalton Reisner. Yeah. He just sounds like – it. that just sounds like the safest pick of all time. Yeah, he should be – I feel good about that. on wood right now. My desk is actually made out of wood, so. I'm hopeful for this offensive line. I think yeah. uh, Elijah Wilkinson's been practicing really well. People are excited about him. And he's a tackle, so – you know, assuming Jawan James and Garrett Bowles pan out, just having a, a good swing tackle or a guy you can fill in if needed, uh, because offensive linemen always get hurt, uh, yep. you know, miss a game here or there. So to have one of one of those players on your team could be really valuable. Yeah, Jawan James is really like the – he's kind of the linchpin to the whole thing because right tackle is so important, as we found out the last few years, mostly from having shitty ones. Although Jared Valdir was okay last year when he was playing. Um, but it's so important, and people refuse to understand that right tackle is just as important as left tackle. Yeah. Considering who lines up as considering the like side linebacker. Von Miller's on that side Yeah, all the time. Right. <laughs> like it, you need- it's like people, people are like, yes, but – it's the quarterback's blind side. It's like, 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, there, <laughs> it doesn't really matter as much as putting the best offensive lineman against the best edge rusher. Yeah. We saw, uh, we saw Schofield give up five sacks to Khalil Mack. Yeah. Yeah. No, with I got to see that in person. That was fun. With the quarterback having that as his not blind side. So yeah. And then we, then we transitioned to Ty Sam Brilo getting uh, murdered at right tackle by Justin Houston. Yeah, your tackles are – they're both very important. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, get good tackles. Just get good tackles is what I'm saying. And they paid him a lot of money, so it would really help if he was just pretty good. Yeah, I'll, I'm optimistic about this offensive line. I think last year they were better – they were a decent run-blocking unit last year. And they were, yeah. I think a lot of part of that's why Philip Lindsay was so successful. I think he had that stat where he had the the longest average before first contact of any back in the league. And I think that's a testament to the line. So the hope is that this offensive line is much better in pass protection and maintains, you know, a, a being pretty good in, in as a run blocking unit. So right. Obviously, with Joe Flacco, you're you're going to want to keep that pocket nice and. And it sounds yeah, it sounds like Ronald Leary is at his natural position at right guard now instead of left guard. Yeah, he wanted to play right guard, so if he wants to play right guard, you should probably just put him there. Yeah, he's he's earned that. Yep, definitely. All right, so yeah, we'll see what happens after the game. Finally. Yeah. Uh, Enjoy the first football game in a slick six months. Yep. Yeah. Well, enjoy it, cherish it, um, breathe it, breathe it in, and just and just live it. Live it. the football season. Live it, love it's it. Fuck advice. It. It's football season. Mm-hmm. Imagine how cool that would be if that was the NFL slogan this year. Live it, love it, fuck it. It's football. Fuck the footballs this season. The NFL could get away with that too. They don't understand. They're the only ones that put those kind of constraints on themselves. They're idiots for that. Yeah, you think like people are going to boycott now because they're telling you to have sex with the footballs? Yeah. No, they, we already went through this. People, whatever happens, the NFL still gets ratings. Live it, love it, fuck it. It's football. Live it. I didn't say it was a football. You took that pretty literally. Uh, how, what, how else are you going to do it? Okay, bye.